Welcome to Adigium. I'm Sheldon. I'm Jeff. And we have an interview today with Joanne Olson. She is a busy mother, an entrepreneur, a high school cross-country coach. She has this organization called Girls Running Strong that she created. She's just a busy, awesome, amazing person. And she tells her story about running because she has a passion for running and teaching girls in particular about setting goals and overcoming challenges. And you're going to love this interview. It's just just full of nuggets. Joanne Olson. Welcome to end of the show. Can you just for our audience, just we've already talked, we've had a good conversation beforehand, but can you just talk about some of the things you've you've done from the running aspect for work and family and just kind of a flavor for for who you are? Okay. Married, I've got four kids, ages 11, 13, 15, and 20. I I work full-time during the day from home for a major health organization, but I've also been a runner since I was about 12 years old, off and on in between having babies and things like that. But pretty much that's something that I've done my whole life. It's really taught me a lot about my ability to do, to do things that are hard and, and goal setting and run a lot of marathons. But also there was, you know, different phases of my life. I had a, I have a business called Girls Running Strong that I kind of created and implemented for, for many years. I currently coach at a local high school cross country still working full-time. So sometimes I hear myself say a lot of these things out loud and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I manage all of these things, but yet I manage to do it, you know, on a day-to-day basis. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit about my, my life right now. So it's my own personal running. I love to still do because that's my me time working, being a mom, being a wife, coaching. And then at uh, certain points during my life, had my own business. So that is ambitious to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you, okay. You basically said you don't know how you do it all, but I kind of want to dig into that a little bit. Like, how do you do that all? Like, how do you keep your sanity? How do you, because uh, there's this mentality, I believe that people have, it's like, uh, you can have it all. And I think in like a lot of us could do more to, to be able to do more. Do you know what I mean? But you can't, like, it is a trade-off. Like if you're not doing this one thing if you can't do this over here if you're over here doing this do you know what I mean so how have you found balance I think learning that <laughs> not having balance is okay I've learned over the last you know 20 years of sort of being a, a grown-up and, and having children and all the different responsibilities that I have that there's kind of an illusion especially for women I feel like out there that you can have it all yeah. you can be the president of a company, the CEO, you can be the the best mom, have dinner on the table, be all of those things, and you can have it all. I've learned that that's an illusion. I've learned that, you know, based on the choices that I make in terms of working or having my own business, coaching, that something always has to give. And I've learned to be okay with some things giving. So for example, it is not uncommon for my children to end up eating, you know, McDonald's chicken nuggets at eight o'clock at night in the car, because I'm taking one to soccer and picking one up and um, doing that kind of stuff. And that's okay. That my kids didn't get broccoli on the table at six o'clock, and we weren't all at the table at six o'clock. What it has done is made me very grateful for the times when we are all under the roof at one time, there's different things that I put as valuable. For example, I love 
going to my kids' sporting events. I will mm-hmm. go to every single thing that I can possibly go to. We're at a phase in life where sometimes my husband and I have to split time between ones at a soccer game and ones at a baseball game. And I kind of hate that, that I can't see everything. That's valuable to me. And learning that what's valuable to me might not be what's valuable to somebody else. But but learning that there isn't necessarily that balance all the time. There's certain seasons of my year of my life during the fall. I'm coaching cross country and my kids have a lot less dinners on the table at six o'clock than <laughs> during other parts of the year. And that's okay. And that took a long time to be okay with that, especially living in the culture that I live in and, and the feelings that certain things are, are important and feeling that I don't have to live in a certain box. Yeah. But yeah, so I hope that answers some of your questions. Yeah, no, I think you, <laughs> you nailed it. Balance is a bit of an illusion, right? And I think coming to grips with, we interviewed someone, it's like normal for you, right? Basically, we have this image of what we think we should be doing. <laughs> or, Yeah. I mean, I can remember early when my kids were little, that feeling of like, because I had always worked right out of college, full-time. I supported my husband at the time. And so I was kind of the, the, the breadwinner. And so I just had always worked and I was good at it and I liked it. And then I started having kids. And then that pressure of I'm supposed to be at home with them during the day, because that's what we as women, you know, our culture were supposed to be doing. And I, had a, I really struggled with that for a long time, the guilt, the pressure, the I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So after my third child, I was working as a vice president for the organization that I work for. I was having to travel a lot. It was a lot of stress. And so I made the decision to stay home after my third baby. And it was hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody says, you know, being at home is harder than working. And I will totally agree. Like <laughs> it was hard. I, I remember thinking to myself, okay, if I make a list and put change diapers, you know, do this and cross them off, then maybe I'll feel more productive and this will be feel better. But it was just really a struggle after working for so many years and then being at home. I had also um, gotten a stress fracture in my foot, so I couldn't run. So everything that was my identity in a way was kind of gone all of a sudden. All mounting. Yeah. And I was, you know, at home as a mom and that was really hard. And then finances were a little bit more of a struggle because I wasn't working anymore. I'd always had this image in my mind of this thing I wanted to do. And that was this running program for young girls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but just never took the initiative to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember running. What brought that into mind? Because it looks like you studied some youth leadership and other things in college. And you were also a collegiate runner, right? Yeah, for one year. Yeah. For one year. So, well, hey, one year is more than (laughs) more than the rest of us, for sure. You said I've had this idea for a long time. How was running and connecting with young girls? What what were you? Yeah. What was the idea behind that? I think I just have always, even though I had at the time, all I had was boys. Yeah. Three boys. I just always had like a, a soft spot for young girls in those formative years, which is I would say is like the middle school years. Yeah. I remember being that young person and then in high school too, and feeling like there was a lot of things during that time period where I wish I had known and I had felt differently about. So like basically mm-hmm. self-esteem for girls and sure. being confident in who they are, that they can do things that are hard, that they can set goals and, and achieve them and, and how that yeah. would affect their self-esteem. 
So I just always kind of had this idea in my mind of this, how I wanted to use that with running to, you know, affect these young girls. And I had sort of this program in mind where it would culminate with a, a 5k race for these girls that were brand new to running. And I was feeling the stress, like I said, of finances and things like that. And I remember I went out for a, a run for myself. And when I was running, just all the ideas started flowing into my brain of how this program was going to look and just every little detail. Like the only way I can explain it was like, it just felt like my mind was opened and just so many ideas and thought and light were flowing that like I couldn't even contain them all is how it felt. I remember finishing that run and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like I made a decision that I'm going to do it. And I had no idea you know, business wise and all that stuff, how to do it. Mm -hmm. I came home and I told my husband and I just started doing the little things to start that process, you know, so researching how to make a website. I made a logo. I started it as an an LLC. I had this idea, you know, people were going to pay me. I told my husband (laughs) and this is going to be this eight week program and here's how it's going to look. And I remember him a little bit confused as to, how people were gonna people are gonna pay you for this? Like I don't get it. Like, but he was super supportive anyway. Nice. And I was like, no, this is gonna work, you know. And the first time I was going to have one, I had three girls that had signed up. And I remember literally the day before thinking, um, I can't do it with three. Like it's just not enough. Like I can't do this with three girls. Yeah. Maybe if I had one more, I remember thinking. <laughs> and the day that it was our first practice, I had the three and one of them brought a friend. And then I, I remember talking to that mom in her car, telling her a little bit about the program. She signed her up. So then I had four. And so I was like, okay, I'll do it with the four. And I did. And it was great. And they all loved it. So it was an eight week program where each week they learn about a different attribute, like gratitude, confidence, endurance attitude we were big on positive thoughts and they had to they have a notebook each week they learned two different positive thoughts they had to write it down we talked about how to set goals they had to write those down and in the meanwhile they're doing hill repeats and running and complaining and (laughs) all that type of stuff and I would tell them I said look I don't care if you like running at the end of this this is not the purpose the purpose is so that you can learn how to set a goal, achieve it, and that you can learn that you can do hard things and rise above obstacles and, and hopefully carry that on in your life somewhere else. Yeah. But anyway, so then the second time I had like 20 girls sign up. And then from there, just, I never had a problem getting enough girls for That's a program. Awesome. So that theme that you brought out of it, like I can do hard things, set goals, build confidence. It sounds like you had some of that same experience in your own running, right? With your own life. You were talking about the first time you ran a marathon to us earlier. Tell us about that again. Tell these people about it. (laughs) Well, the first time I ran a marathon, maybe wasn't the most pleasant uh, experience, (laughs) but the training for it. So I hadn't run for, I ran all through high school, ran a little bit in college, kind of needed a break. And it wasn't until I was, you know, 22 or so lying in bed. I thought to myself after not running for probably at least a year, Mm-hmm. I said, I think I want to run a marathon. And I remember saying this to my husband at the time. And it wasn't, it wasn't that I really wanted to run a marathon per se, but I yeah. knew myself and that I needed a long-term goal. I needed to set a goal. And if I did that, 
then I would sort of in a way be forced to do it in a way. <laughs> and that's, that's one of the biggest things that like has always been the way I am is that I have to have a long-term goal and that will in a sense force me. It takes away the choice of getting up and doing that long run. It's like, well, no, I have to do it because I have this race in three months or four months that I need to <laughs> so do. So that I'm ready. People are like, oh, how do you get up and do a long run? Like, that just sounds awful. And I remember thinking about it. Well, I don't really want to spend three <laughs> hours out on the road or whatever, but I don't have a choice. Like, I have to do it in order to be ready for this goal that I've set so that I can accomplish that. Like, it just it's kind of a necessary evil. So, anyway, so the thing that's impressive about this to me is that... First of all, did you have anybody you were running with? No. So I was living in Montana of all places. I actually had like no friends because we were new there. I said, I, I think I want to run a marathon. And I said, this is before the internet. So I went that next morning, I walked down to a local bookstore and bought a book called How to Run Your First Marathon. It was Galloway's book on running. It's probably still in existence somewhere. And it had a training plan. And so I just started following the training plan. And I had never run that far of a distance before. So, you know, each week it's progressively, you're, you know, you're doing a long run that's longer. And I remember getting to the 16 mile run and I was always by myself. Nobody ran with me. And so I was out running and I remember I had to walk in that 16 mile run. It felt like I wasn't going to finish the 16 miles, you know, and I remember literally being in tears, like, how can I do this? I'm never going to be able to run 26 miles if I can't even do 16. And I tell my girls this, that I coach, you know, I tell them the story, but I finished that run. And the next week I got back out and I continued on with the plan. And before I knew it, when you get up to the 20 or the 20, all of a sudden the 16 mile becomes easy, you know, because now you're at 20 miles and it's just, it's all relative. And that the, you know, the, the lesson I try to teach my girls when I tell them the story is like, I got back up and I went out and I did it again. You know, I kept going forward. It would have been really easy at that point to be like, Oh, forget it. Like, I can't do this. I can't even do 16 miles. I'm done. And I think so often, especially young people, because I deal with a lot of young people right now, (laughs) ice age, that's what they do. That's what happens. They encounter something that's hard. It's going to take some time. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And they want to throw their hands up and be like, I'm done. This is too hard. This is too uncomfortable. And I think that's what's great about running and that I love about coaching is getting these girls to learn that they can feel uncomfortable. You can feel pain. You can feel all of those things and still keep going. So that's what I did. So my first marathon, actually, I was supposed to do the St. George Marathon, which was a few months later. And I was only at 16 miles in my training. And there was a a marathon in, in Montana that was happening like the next month. And my husband... Uh, was like, you should just do that one. And I was like, wait, I'm not ready. I can't, I can barely do 16 miles. Oh, you'll be fine. And I was brand new, you know, to the whole marathon thing. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I can do it. I'll do it. So I signed up for that. I was great till about mile 16. And then it all went downhill, which is it's like this you know, mental <laughs> threshold. <laughs> well, it's like you're, I I'm firmly believe your body will do what it's trained to do. So if it's been trained to run 16 miles, it's like, I'm done at 16 miles. And that's kind of what it did. And I, I finished. It was not pleasant those last 10 miles. And then I went on to do the St. George Marathon a few months later. And that was much better. Was, so you still did the St. George even after that? 
Yeah, I still you, did, you didn't retire from marathon running after the first nope, one. But you know, that would have been something I could have done. Like, this was awful. My time stunk. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I could have just been like, forget this. But no, nope, I went on. See, like two like, things from that story. I mean, there's a lot of great things in that story. But first off, that you went and bought a book. First, most <laughs> people, when they buy a book and they read through it, like, this is how you do this. They don't. They get like partway through the plan and they're like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to do this plan. So even that, that's impressive. You didn't have any support, which normally when you're setting goals, right? Like I always, I like to have somebody to encourage me and like come back and forth. We can <laughs> some kind of accountability partner. So that's really. Well, for me, the accountability is, is telling somebody about your goal. That's one of the things I teach girls like during my program was like, one, you need yeah. to write it down, which is why we're writing it down. We have a little notebook. And two, you need to tell somebody about it because if you tell somebody that cares and loves you, cares about you and loves you, then they will remind you about it, encourage you. Like, who's a great person to tell? Like moms are great to tell because moms are really good at like, how are you doing with this goal? Like, where are you at with that? So yeah, my husband knew what I was doing. He knew the goal. So there's that accountability for me. And that's why it's really scary sometimes to say some of these things you want to do out loud or write them down because if you do that and then you don't achieve it then there's that fear of like failure no dealing with a lot of young people at this point in your coaching how do you help them through the failure aspect of life getting them to learn that we all have i don't even like to call them failures but we all have setbacks yeah Um, we all have obstacles and getting them to learn that they can push through those obstacles they can go over them around them. And that's, you know, one of the great things about running and, you know, every person that I know, including myself has had a bad race, you know, <laughs> and yep. it's the same thing in life. Every person will have a bad day, a bad year, sometimes a bad month, but that's not a reason to give up. I heard a quote, the, I follow the BYU cross country team and the, the girl that just won the NCAA championship, the entire nation, uh, she was interviewed afterwards and she'd had a bad race the year before setback. I don't call it bad race. She's pretty fast, <laughs> but, um, but for, her, for her, <laughs> and she said that the, the setback is part of the comeback. And I thought that was a great way of looking at it. And, and I'll tell you like this last year for our cross country season, I had all these high hopes I had all these great things that I was going to do with these girls and it started off great. And then it kind of fell apart. Like I had injuries, I had girls that quit and it was very depressing, frustrating. And I remember having the thought towards the end of the season, like, I don't even know if I'm going to get five girls to the start line to score a team. And that was super depressing. It made me feel like a failure as a coach. I ended up with my five girls, but I remember thinking this kind of bad season I imagined myself a few years later, like where, you know, I have a team that w- wins league or wins CIF or, or goes to state as a team. And I remember thinking that this season that kind of felt yucky and bad mm-hmm. will be what makes that so great. Mm. You know, when that moment happens, that'll make that so great because of the bad season that we had. So often I tell my girls, like if they have a bad race, it's like, look, it's just a bad race. Like the bad races is what makes the good races great. You know, because you've suffered that pain, because you've suffered that disappointment, it makes the joy of the good ones so much better. 
And so then I felt a lot better and I felt hopeful where I was like, okay, this is just a bad race for me. <laughs> this season is like my bad race. And this bad race is going to be what makes what's down the line so much greater. That's an awesome principle. I love it. I was, I was going to say, going back to your story, love it. <laughs> you, you have a passion of running and you decided to basically you have this passion of, of helping young girls in particular set goals, let them help them over, know that they can overcome obstacles and they can do hard things. And it was like combining your experience of, like you said, self-esteem to help others. And running was just a vehicle you're, you're using to try and teach them these lessons that hopefully translate into all of life. It has to actually, do you know what I mean? You can't, grow in one area. I've talked with Jeff several times. I think a turning point in my life was many, many years ago, me and a coworker decided instead of just sitting at our desk, eating through lunch at work, we were going to go work out, right? Mm-hmm. It's like discipline and doing something hard every day. I couldn't not go. My coworker was just sitting there waiting for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. And it translates Come into in, everything. I can do hard things and everything in my life. Do you know what I mean? I can set goals. I can get better. I can, I can have really bad days and be really sore <laughs> and then come back. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I thought you were going to follow that with a question, Sheldon. I'll bet you have I one. <laughs> I do have one. Habits. We're, we're big on habits, right? And you're training with girls and coach and, work and everything. What are your thoughts on, on habits? I don't know that I have like, like this one habit or I feel like when, when I, when I think about that, like I've mentioned, I always think it's important to have a long-term goal for yourself, especially as a, as a woman, we're so, you know, it's always usually about somebody else, our kids, our husband, our, I've always been very big on, I need my me time. And, you know, having that goal that's mine, that if I could do one thing every day that helps me get closer to that goal, then I feel pretty accomplished. So if all I had to focus on was doing one thing each day that's getting me closer to that long-term goal, I'd say that's a, a habit I try to employ. But also, you know, like, and then also understanding that there's going to be obstacles mm-hmm. and there's going to be bad days. And there's going to be times where that doesn't happen and knowing how to deal with those, which is basically you just don't give up and you move forward. Like I talked about with my, you know, 16 mile run that I thought like, I'll never be able to get this far is, you know, but I went back out the next week and you just keep at it and learning a good habit too. And one that I try to teach the girls, even when I did the younger girls and now the high school girls is learning how to talk to yourself. You know, it's so easy to tell our brains all the bad things. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. have a certain kind of attitude inside our heads. And that's one of the reasons why I was so big with the young girls of, you know, these positive thoughts, as we call them. Some of these girls that did my program did it every session for like, from they were, from they were nine to like 14. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you know, I still know and I still talk to, and I'll give them a, a key word from a positive thought and they can rattle it off. Like they just, they're so ingrained in their brain And, you know, I've received so many like thank you notes and emails and things over the years of how they've used that in their regular life. And that was really what I wanted to accomplish is that they're using these things in life. 
you know, yeah. when you have a, a bad day in high school and how, you know, this test that's really hard, you know, and how you can use the positive thought of, I will rise above any obstacles that come my way. That's one of them that might apply to a hill in a race, but it also applies to other things and, mm-hmm. and getting them so ingrained that when they have an obstacle or they have a bad day or something that they use these positive thoughts. So I try to do that in my own life. I try to teach it to my kids. When my son says, oh, I suck at math, you know, it's like, well, you don't suck at math. It's, <laughs> I'm not very good at long division yet. So much mm-hmm. better, you know? Yet, yeah, let's, yet. Let's change that, you know, and of course they roll their eyes at me. And, you know, one of, one of, the, quotes, <laughs> one of the quotes that I've, I say I've coined for them and my oldest son likes to roll his eyes on this one, but I, I'll, I'll say, You'll never accomplish anything until you stick with something. That's one of my favorite ones. So, like I said, so many times young people, you know, it got hard, it got difficult. So we just stopped. But, you know, if you want to accomplish something great, you've got to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Like if, if that's the only thing that I can like teach these young people is to stick with something. Because I say you're going to come out for running and it's going to be hard and you're going to want to quit. But I promise you, if you stay with it and you keep coming back, it will get easier. You will feel better. And then as soon as you get comfortable, my job is to make you uncomfortable again. That's <laughs> how, how it works. That answered answered your question. Yeah. But always having a long-term goal. Like every time I would get pregnant, <laughs> I would immediately pick, because this was during the time when I would, was running a lot marathons, I would immediately pick my post-baby marathon. So as soon as I got pregnant, I knew that my body was going to have to take time off from running at some point and then recover. And so I would always pick my post baby marathon time it wise so that I could, you know, once I had the baby, then I could go into training once I was able to. And that was something that really helped me sort of stay in shape and stay. have that thing that was me too, you know, when your girls. When you're coaching, when they hit the wall, what, what's your advice for them when they when they hit that wall? You've already shared a lot, but like, keep going on that. When they hit the wall physically? <laughs> Mentally, uh, physically, both, all the above, yeah. Keep going. We all hit the wall. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. You're stronger than you think. That you always have something left in your tank. And again, so many of these things can apply to, to life. You know, when you think that you're just, you've got, no more left, you know, that I, I always tell them, I promise you until you are literally on the ground, unable to move, you still have something left. I said, if a, if a bear were to jump out of those bushes right now and start chasing you, I promise you, you'll find something more in those legs, right? So it's there. <laughs> you just have to, you just have to access it. So one of our kind of positive thoughts is my body is strong, but my mind is stronger. When you feel like you've hit that wall physically, that's where the mind comes in, where you've got to convince the legs to keep going. And it's all about your mind at that point and mental game. Yeah, we talk we talk about running a lot on this show, mostly because I've just done a lot of it. And it's one of those, it's like this compress, uh, compressor, what do they call this? It's a great Shoot. metaphor. Yeah, it's like a Let pressure life. cooker for <laughs> for so many lessons in life. It's like how, uh, overcoming challenges. It's It's all about who can handle the pain better. <laughs> when they're all out there, everybody's feeling it, you know, and they're in a race, everybody's feeling it. It's about who can handle the pain, who can react to the pain better. I mean, talking about running and what it, you know, what it's taught. I did a race like a few 
month or so ago. And it was something I had signed up for. I didn't really want to do. It was like during COVID and it kept getting moved. And so I paid for this <laughs> race. And there's a lot going on with my kids and stuff that night. And I was going to go to bed late and I was going to have to like get up super early and have my husband um, drop me off and then come back and pick me up. And I was just like, oh, it's going to be a pain. But the like nagging, like feeling in my brain was like, I just, I had to do it because I knew that I would be happy that I did it afterwards. I knew that I've just been trained and ingrained, you know, to, to not, not do something because it's going to be inconvenient or hard. I knew that I had to do it anyway, yeah. even though it was inconvenient and it's going to be a little bit of a pain because I knew if I did, I would be glad that I did it when it's done. I always, one of the biggest things I try to teach these girls is, you know, never shy away from anything because it seems too hard or will take too long. Like time will pass, you know, whether it's six months, a year, five years, that time will go by. So if there's something you want to do, don't be like, oh, I'm not going to do that because it's going to take too long or it's going to be too hard. If you just move forward with doing it at the end of those five years or whatever, you can look back and be like, look what I did. Or you can be like, I wish I would have done that. Mm -hmm. um, so that reminds me of a quote that I really love from Jim Rohn. He says, discipline, discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. And you just described exactly the feeling, right? It's like, you can take the, the six months, year, two years, whatever it is to train and, and go do your marathons, or you can continue wishing that you did, right? Like the time's going to pass anyways. You can't stop the time. It's going, you're, it's coming, it's going. <clears throat> and that's one of the best lessons. I feel like so many people don't do things because of the time it will take to do it. Yeah. I feel like I made that mistake when I was in college, early college. And I really liked interior design. And I was mm -hmm. at a college where they actually had an interior design program. But I remember looking at the program and it was going to take, it was a three-year intensive 18 credits per semester kind of program. And I remember just thinking like, oh, that's a lot. And that'll take too long. <laughs> and I didn't do it. And yeah. I always regretted that. And I learned that like, don't not do something because it seems too hard or it's going to take too long. Because at the end of that three years, I could have had my degree <laughs> or whatever in that area. Or yeah. I could, I had done it. I tell my girls a lot, you know, that the thing we don't want to do so often becomes the thing we're so glad we did. Like, mm -hmm there's been times in my life where like, I didn't want to do something. My mom thought it was a good thing to do. I did it kicking and screaming or whatever. And it ends up being the best thing I ever did. Like, there's just so many times where sometimes we don't want to do something because it's uncomfortable or hard. And then so many times that becomes the greatest thing we ever did. Yeah, it's true. And that's, that's a lesson that I've had to relearn over and over again throughout my life. It's challenging. Like you said, I, sometimes when you don't want to do something or it seems inconvenient and then you do it and you're just like, I know how I'm going to feel afterwards. <laughs> right. You start to see how you're going to feel afterwards and use that as the, it's like working out in the mornings. Right. <laughs> sometimes like, I, I rarely want to work out in the mornings, but I always am glad I did. And the rest of my day goes better because I did it <laughs> right? or because I went and did a trail run in the morning. Right. It's the exact same thing where sure. You don't want to get up at 5.00 AM and go run in the cold in the dark with a headlamp. Right. But when you do it, you never feel bad. And so that's why I always tell my boys now, 
Like you'll never regret having done something good, right? Even though it's challenging to get yourself to do it. So I love that lesson. That's a beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so often I tell the, you know, the girls that like, look, you may not want to get out of bed. You may not, but I promise you, if you do, you're not going to regret that you did it. And you know, I usually say 99.9% of the time, you're going to be so glad you did. Cause they're going to be like, well, what if I come out and I roll my ankle and I break my ankle, then I won't be glad. Fine. 99.9% of the time you'll be glad that you did it. Yeah, it's true. There are those, there's that fraction of a percent that might yeah. something bad could happen. They like, they like to bring those ones up. <laughs> yeah. Teenagers, they're a little uh, snarky that way. <laughs> Well, this is awesome. Well, we, we, you know, we've taken plenty of your time. So we appreciate you sharing all these thoughts with us and, and telling us these lessons that you're teaching to these girls. And, and I feel like they're huge that these are not just lessons for teenagers. These are lessons for all of us and things that we relearn over and over again. It's that's why it's so important to repeat them. So that, like you said, so that you can in a moment, right. Those girls that were in your eight week course before between the ages of eight and 11 or 14 and now that it can still rattle off the positive thinking quotes, it's like positive thoughts. So we, we're big time with that. So if you had to pick one thing that our listeners could do today to kind of start building confidence in their life, what would you say? I'm big on goals. You know, if you haven't set a goal, set a goal, small one, a long-term one, a little one, make my bed in the morning. <laughs> You know, Um, and making bad, I would say is, you know, something I don't always do, but I know when I do it so much better, you know, I would say, you know, set, if you set 10 goals and you accomplish two of them, it's our mindset is to be like, oh, well, I failed at the eight that I didn't. But if you set 10 goals and you finish two of them, two is way better than setting zero and getting zero. So set a goal. And then, you know, if you don't achieve it, don't give up trying. (laughs) Because um, you can do hard things. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, I, I'll have to give a shout out to my husband because I think that is key in my situation with four kids and working and just life being crazy. Like his support of my crazy ideas, my having to do cross country practice, working, shuttling kids around. He is extremely supportive of my passions and my goals, but he loves them like his own. and. If that means he's got to go drop Gatorade on a, a course so that I have something to drink, <laughs> then <laughs> he does that. So definitely a key factor in awesome. that. So she does, she's got some team support. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. We all, we all do. <laughs> yes, we do. <clears throat> I was just thinking, you know, like with the whole, you know, kind of we talked about being put in a, in a box culturally and, and for women and, you know, I left when I did the girls running strong, I said, I stayed home, but about 2015. So like after, I don't know, five, six years of doing girls running strong, I did go back to work full-time still did the girls running strong and then added the coaching and replaced the coaching with the girls running strong. But that was a choice at that point that I was able to make to go back because I had learned that, you know what, it's okay that I like to work and I want to work and my kids I feel like benefit, especially my daughter, from having that example of mom has something that's important to her. And I want her to see that. And I love that she sees that. I love that my boys see that of the contribution that I'm making in my community and that that's important too. 
and that it's not that the only way that we can make a contribution as moms in our community is by volunteering in the classroom or doing the PTA, which a lot of moms do. And that's great. I tried that once. I did the whole like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be on the PTA, so I'll join the PTA. And I like hated it. Like it was, was, <laughs> was not for me. And I commend those that do it. But I found that, you know, I felt more valuable and I felt like I had good to do in other areas. And like I said, certain things give because of that, you know, because I am working, but I'm totally okay with it now. I used to feel guilty about it. Now I feel like, like it's a good thing. And I love that my kids see what they see as far as what I'm doing. Yeah. Cool. Sheldon, got anything else? No, this has been great. I, we appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this and I mean, it's the lessons we're all trying to learn so and help our children learn. And so it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Joanne, for joining us. That was an awesome episode. I loved our conversation. And I just love the whole theme of helping people develop self-worth and confidence by showing themselves that they can do hard things. And man, if you didn't get any good tips from this already, go back and listen because I have so many great tips in there, tons of principles about building good habits and having success in your life and really following a path that you feel is, is your path to contribute. And what, what was the one thing she told us, Sheldon? Let's review that. Set real a quick. goal. Do something hard. Persist. Yes. So the daily action step is to set a goal. Get back up when you fall down. <laughs> yes, exactly. And don't quit just because it's challenging. I thought that was one of the most important details there. So set a goal today and then take one step towards doing that goal. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe and share it with a friend. Leave us a review. We love it. And we are always grateful for any feedback. Go put an idea to work today. <laughs> <laughs>